Hey, welcome to the Hamilton Hills Church Podcast. We're so glad that you decided to listen today. We have a saying in our church, life is messy, everyone is welcome, and anything is possible. So no matter where you're at in your life, we hope that this message brings you some encouragement. Enjoy. Today's a kind of a special day because we're ending this series and we're talking about go. We've talked about gather, gather worshiping with God's people, worshiping God uh, in an assembly, and then grow, growing through God's word, and then going uh, on mission. That's what today is. It's our go piece of our strategy. It's our go piece of our strategy, meaning that every Jesus follower should really be focused on this piece. So many people in church life in America uh, focus on the gather. Many people go to church. Uh, Even there's a lot of people that grow through God's word and go to different Bible studies. Man, if you want a Bible study, Hamilton County is for you. There's Bible studies everywhere. But uh, we have a minimal group of people that truly go or understand the word go as a Jesus follower. Actually, when you think of the word go, you may think of it in different forms. You may think of the word go being a missionary like we had to in the last service. You may think of the word go by being a pastor. You may think of when you think go, going uh, to China. You may think of the go when it comes to Christianity as something so far-fetched that you don't have a part of. But in all reality, that go piece is for every Jesus follower that is breathing God's air. You know, every Jesus follower is supposed to live a life on mission. Mission. That word mission can mean so many things. Everybody has a mission. Organizations have a mission. But our mission as Jesus followers is for us to live a life that other people can see Jesus. How many of you know that there's nobody perfect in this room? Anybody know that? Uh, Even you husbands, dads, you're not perfect either. But there's nobody perfect here. If you're looking for a perfect church, uh, this isn't it because you're here. And, and it's important to understand that no matter what, even if you're a Jesus follower, life is going to be messy. Life's going to have its ups and downs. Life's going to have its issues in life. Life's going to even have, look, can I, can I surprise you? Even if you're a Jesus follower, you're going to have marriage issues. Even if you're a Jesus follower, you can have career issues. Even if you're a Jesus follower, you can have children issues. Can I get a witness in the house of God uh, today? And no matter who you are, as long as you live on this earth, this world is broken. That's why life is messy, because the world's broken and it needs a Savior. And Jesus, in his love, left the throne up in heaven and he died on the cross to shed his blood for the remission of all mankind's sin. Now, listen to what I have to say. I want you to know that Jesus didn't just die for the people you like, Jesus died for the people you don't like. Jesus died for everyone. Jesus died for every walks of life. Jesus died for the atheists. Jesus died for uh, uh, different lifestyles. Jesus died for everyone. And how he reaches people in today's world in the New Testament era is by us living life on mission and showing people in a broken world we're broken people, but we have a perfect Savior that has not only rescued us, but that can rescue you for eternity as well. And so as you think about life on mission, gather grow, go. You think about this. Mission is defined this way. Ministry commissioned by a religious organization to propagate its faith or carry on the humanitarian work. A body of persons sent to perform a service or carry an active uh, activity, a specific task with which a person or a group is charged, calling, vocation, mission. Everybody has a mission. You know, unfortunately, I don't believe that Jesus followers think about this, everybody having a mission. It took me a long time. I grew up in church. I grew up as a, a preacher's kid in the South, what they call the Bible Belt. 
uh, and, and every time the doors were open, but I really didn't even understand my life being on mission until I was an adult. That means every conversation I have, I have an opportunity to have a life on mission. That means everybody I meet, I have an opportunity to meet them on mission. If we get Jesus followers to understand that gather and growing is for us to go, we could change the world just by us living a life on mission. Every person who has trusted Jesus Christ as in the family of God has a mission, an assignment that God wants them to fulfill. Uh, Peter and Andrew uh, were called to leave their nets and become fishers of men. Levi was called to leave the tax collector booth. Aren't we glad he, was, he left the tax collector booth? Anyway, that was a funny joke in my head. But to follow Jesus. We see all through the Bible where ordinary people were put on assignment to fulfill God's plan. Ordinary people were put on assignment to fulfill God's plan. And in church in America today, it's become more about style in the weekend than it has been about going and being the church God has called you and me to be. Everybody, everybody can have a part in God's plan of a life on mission. Some of us have gifts and talents. I, I, I was walking past the children's uh, building, the lobby there, on my way to this service. And, and I was running late because I forgot we moved the service up to 1030. Anybody else like that? And uh, I was running late and I hear this screaming down the hallway and I said, thank you, Jesus, for people who are talented to work with children because that ain't me in the name of Jesus. But some of you are gifted with patience, with love, and some of you are gifted with leadership, and some of you are gifted with being a servant. God wired you in a DNA not just to make you healthy, wealthy, and wise, but to make you live a life on mission so you can help impact your world around you. And so today I want to just give you two statements. Two statements, we'll be out of here quickly, but I want to give you two statements if you think about the fall and you're connected to Hamilton Hills. If we're going to gather and grow, it's all got to be the purpose for go. You want to know what we're about in our weekend services? You want to know why we do the Bible studies we do? You want to know why we're putting the discipleship paths together? We do it at the fact of making you better as a Jesus follower so you can go tell someone the good news that Jesus can save them you know it would be a better church if when you walked in here you had the theme in your mind I'm gathering today I'm growing today so I can go live a life on testimony for Jesus here, here's, here's good news and bad news some of you are going to be at a doctor's office this week not because you wanted to some of you may be in the hospital room this week not because you wanted to some of you may be at a job that you literally hate but can I tell you, no matter where you go, that if you allow him, God has ordered your steps so you can live a life on mission, so you can be the testimony and people can see Jesus in you. Do you know what your goal is as a Jesus follower? Not to have Bible knowledge. Your goal as a Jesus follower is to gain Bible knowledge so you can be a better Christian, so people can see past you and your faults and failures and see Jesus in you because you see the difference because Jesus is in you. So here's the first statement. You ought to write this down. The early church was willing to go to fulfill the Great Commission. The early church was willing to go to fulfill the Great Commission. What's the Great Commission? The Great Commission is basically the mission of God that sent Jesus Christ to die for all mankind's sin so that they could have a way to heaven for eternity. And every Jesus follower 
listening to the sound of my voice should have a part of the great commission. You should go. You should go. When you leave this room today, you're going into your neighborhoods. You're going to work tomorrow. You're going to your homes. You're going wherever it is so that you could fulfill the great commission in life. Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8. If you want to take your Bible, I want to share it with you. We've been studying the book of Acts. And I want you to look at this. We read Scripture so fast, or we don't read it at all, that we miss some great truths. I want you to read something because the American church needs to see this. It really convicted me. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. I want you to stop right here. When Jesus ascended to heaven, he died on the cross. He defeated death. He ascended back to heaven. The Holy Spirit came, part of the Trinity. God himself, the Holy Spirit who dwells with every believer. The Holy Spirit came upon every believer. Hey, he gave you power. You know, he did not give you power for you to live a better life on earth. He gave you power to go. Listen, if you're a Jesus follower... The Holy Spirit's job is to give you power to go fulfill the Great Commission. Power is to be the witness. Power allows you to go. Power is what you receive so that you can say what you never thought you would be able to say. You say, Pastor Mark, I don't know that I could stand on a stage and talk with a microphone. Good, because I'm still planning to do that as a job for right now. I I don't know if, if you can do this or you can do that. We can all receive the power from the Holy Spirit and let Him work in us because it's not us ourselves. It's God working through us. And if you would just be a vessel with open hands, you can be used by God right where you're at. Do you believe that? So in Acts 1.8 it says, uh, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And today's about go. First, you see Jerusalem. Jerusalem represents our city. It represents us. It represents our church. We need to take care of the people that are here. We need to serve with each other. We need to make sure our ministries are so that we can discipleship properly. And then you move out into Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Where to go? Uh, he was talking about you and me in this passage of scripture. In Acts 13, 1 through 3, it says this. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Siren, Manan, a close friend of Herod, the uh, Tetrarch, and Saul. As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. Then after they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off. From the very beginning of time, people were sent to be missionaries. People would go. People were separated as teachers, as people who served each other, as as people who had hospitality. And, And all of us have different talents that we can use that we may not be tapping into to live life on mission for Jesus Christ. So he says, go, go. The first century church was committed to outreach What if everybody in this room was totally committed to outreach? What if you were totally committed to serving in the capacity that you could serve in? You received uh, one of these brochures that says, Gather, Grow, Go. These are some of the ministries that you can get involved in at our church. Uh, But it's just the starting point. This fall, you're going to hear stuff about missions. I was just talking to uh, uh, Paul from Ecuador. Uh, We're going on a missions trip here soon. And there's several missions trips. And there's several things in our city. And there's several things everywhere. But you can get involved today by going. Here's a second statement. The second statement is this. The early church was willing to give to fulfill the Great Commission. Two things. 
two things. It's this simple. For you to go, there's two things. It's being willing to go and being willing to give. Giving of your talent, giving of your treasure, and giving of your time. Have you heard that before? Talent, treasure, and time. You know, in today's society, we become really tense when we talk about giving in a church setting. But the early church was willing to give to fulfill the Great Commission. If you look at Acts 4.32, we read this a month ago. In Acts 4.32, it says this, Now the entire group of those who believed were of one heart and mind. One heart and mind. The only way to have one heart and one mind in a church is this, and it's so hard in the American church today. One heart and one mind, meaning we're focused on the mission of God and nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. No program. No nothing. It's the mission of God. The Great Commission. They said they had one mind and one heart and no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own. But instead they held everything in common. And you can keep reading these verses, but what it talks about is no one was in need because they gave everything away to each other because they were living in such a community that they knew when each other had a need, so they met those needs, and they were willing to give. Willing to give. Give financially. To give of our time. To give of the gifts God's given us, our talent. And, and there's many of you sitting out there today that it may be time today to, to take the step to serve somewhere. I was talking to a couple uh, in the parking lot a moment ago after the first service, and they said, hi, we're one of those couples that's been coming since you were gone all summer, and we want you to know we're still going to stay. You're okay since you've been back. I'm like, awesome. And they just started serving, and they said, we're so excited. We haven't served in a church, and we signed up today, and we're so excited to do that. And, man, when you focus on others and you focus on serving and you focus on giving, you'll be surprised how that'll change you. The early church was willing to give in order to meet needs in their community. And giving can be a tough topic in our modern churches. And many people are reluctant to give, and this was not the case in the early church. The gospel made an enormous difference to their bank balance. Generosity was a way of life. You know what I love? I was talking to a man, I didn't know this. Uh, I feel sorry for one of our men, because... He's known as the atheist that got saved. And I said, I, we got to start saying your name and stop saying you were the atheist. But he accepted Christ a year ago or almost a year ago. But then I was talking to another man while I was gone that he was an atheist in his mid-30s. And he accepted Christ this summer. And he said, hey, I just wanted you to know, I don't know if you know this, but I, I, I asked Jesus in my heart. Uh, I was an atheist. I've been coming for a couple months. I'm like, that is awesome. Do you know when you give financially and you give of your time and you give of your life at our church, people's lives like that are changing. His destiny forever has been changed because of the great commission being fulfilled in his life. I'm pausing for a dramatic hand clap of praise. There you go. <laughs> it's awesome. Generosity is a heart issue. Generosity is an issue of the heart. You see, we don't have a hard time giving in society. 
Giving's pretty easy. Everybody has hobbies. Man, I, I can tell you, my daughter started volleyball. And this past week, my daughter started volleyball in sixth grade volleyball. And uh, my wife was sick and my daughter was sick and they had a team meeting. So they said, you get to go to the team meeting. I said, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to do. I've been waiting all week to do that. It's awesome. I drove to the team meeting. I walk in. And man, I was so out of place. I was so out of place. I was the only man in the room. All these girls, these parents, uh, and, and they know how to keep a meeting going. No problem. And we didn't talk about volleyball. We talked about sweatshirts that match, the color of uniforms. Can we get a bag this year? Um, who's carpooling? Uh, uh, can we order that T-shirt that you're wearing, coach? Uh, I had bad thoughts in my head. I'm just confessing in church. Man, I went with a list a mile long for sixth grade volleyball. Pictures. Do you know what I did with my sports pictures here 10 years ago? They stayed in storage and then now they're thrown away. Pictures, 20 bucks for one little picture and you got to buy this t-shirt and, and then everybody's buying a packet, a kit. Then you have knee pads. Just scuff up your knees. And then ankle braces. Uh, volleyball to practice with and oh by the way she signed up for soccer first so I bought $60 cleats that she practiced one time because volleyball was at the same time and she signed up for both sports and she's better at volleyball she thinks so she's doing volleyball anybody hear my pain don't, don't don't this is therapy hour for me so don't don't judge me here's my point my point is is when our family's involved when the people we love the things we like to do we find the way to give our treasure, our talent, and our time to it, don't we? How much more investment for eternity if we would turn that drive so people can know that Jesus loves them, wants to clean their mess, wants to change their life forever. So people who live life on mission, they go and they give. And the Great Commission and community life were able to thrive in the early church because of the generosity of God's people. And Paul understood the need for churches to give to support distant missions. Look at Acts 20, last, last verse, Acts 20, 33. It says, I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that I worked with my own hands to support myself and those who are with me. In every way I've shown you that it is necessary to help the weak by laboring like this and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus because he said it is more, say it with me, ready? Blessed to give than to receive. Hey, did your parents tell you that? Actually, God told us that. He said it's blessed to give more than receive because Paul in this passage of scripture understood the blessing that is given to those who generously give to further the cause of Christ. In his labor, Paul was an example of caring for the weak. He was following the Lord's instruction that is more blessed to give than to receive. And Paul is saying that blessing, even happiness, comes from giving. So, so, so here, here it is, probably the fastest sermon I've preached in Hamilton Hills history because I'm done. How do you view giving 
and going. How do you view giving and going in your life for the Great Commission? I could start right here and go all the way over here. What is holding you back from the eternal command as a Jesus follower to go and give? Because everything else we do will not last for eternity. But going and giving on mission will. It will impact somebody for their entire life. You know what was cool? I just linked up two people out there. I know one guy very well who accepted Christ here two years ago to a guy that just started coming here that had the same answers about God that the other guy had two years ago that got saved and baptized here. Isn't that awesome? He started telling me, I said, hey, hey, wait a minute. And I made the guy that got saved two years ago so uncomfortable. He wanted to kill me. He was looking at me like, why are you doing this? I'm going to kill you right now. I said, hey, so-and-so here had the same questions as you. I'm sure you guys could link up together, go out to the food trucks, and have a little chat about God together. Knuckles. And I walked off. <laughs> Literally, that's what just happened. So don't come near me in a minute. It may happen to you. Because it's better to give than to receive. Did you know that God may have put you through the valley and through the storm? And you're coming out of that season. Not for you, but to lead someone to eternal security. To lead someone that's been a messy life so that they could have a life change as well. God loves churches that look beyond their own needs. One wonders where the church today would be if Antioch had not been led to look beyond its own community and city limits to do evangelism. And God had you in mind when he said go. And it's time for some of you to go. It's time for some of you to serve. It's time for some of you to lead in that. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you made a decision or would like to know more about us, you can connect with us at hamiltonhillschurch.org or via social media at Hamilton Hills Church. Also, if our church has impacted you in any way and you would like to make a donation, you can do so by going to hamiltonhillschurch.org slash give. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Hamilton Hills Church Podcast.